Welcome back, everybody, to three men and their babies, three dads, three very different scenarios. Here, as always, with Adam and Benny. Hey, boys. Hello there. All right, mate. It seems like ages since we've done this. It's like that one a couple of weeks ago. It was like a, uh, a short week, like you had a Thursday night game in football. This seems like we've had a bye week because it seems like ages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a bye week. We, we all went down to Cancun for a couple of days to get a tan, yeah. get some fresh air. Hit the beach. I got I got left in the uh, the little uh, sub zero ice bath thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty worse for wear now. I might have to take the rest of the season off. Yeah, I, do- I dozed off. I dozed off in the bedroom. He just all left without me and had some fun, which is what I would have wanted to be honest. I just needed a sleep. <laughs> I, found quickly some, mention- I found some random black dude on the beach, and uh, we re- recreated Rocky Three, jumped in the sea <laughs> together. <laughs> For some reason, then I thought you were going to say we recreated Firefest. That's what I thought you were going to say. Did you have to buy all like the knockoff uh, football t-shirts and weird bracelets off him to get him to do that? Though I did, yeah, yeah, and the fake Ray Bans. <laughs> oh, the Roy Bins, the, uh, I love the, them. The Roy's, yeah, the Roy's bins. <laughs> I'll get this out of the way quickly. I uh, after last conversation we had about me having to scare Georgia in bed before she goes to sleep. I did take the opportunity to secretly record what happens, and I'll uh, I'll put it into the show. So people can hear it. I did send it to you guys, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's what happens. It's, it's it's absolutely nuts. And I told you, like I said, she legitimately screams like she's being murdered. It's definitely the does. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely does. And I'm worried that uh, Mr. FBI or NSA <laughs> is like watching in on my emails and wondering why someone's sending me emails of a tiny girl screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely on another list. A black helicopter definitely flew overhead on. when I heard it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. You heard a click on your phone. Like, they're suddenly already, already being tapped. <laughs> anyway, how was your week, boys? What have you been up to? Go on, Betty. Uh, I'll, I'll start off. I'm actually going to do a little, give you two a little surprise right now. Uh, I've just sent you two a video. On our, well, I'm sending you a video on our group chat of something that Blossom sent to me, I believe, on... When did we record? Uh, last Monday, so I think it was the day after. Mm. Or maybe the day after that, because the day after that was her birthday, which she had a very good time. I spoilt her very muchly. And God, good man. Yes, I do. I, I am good. a very, very good fiancé, if I do say so myself. <laughs> the annoying thing is, I, I planned this all out, but it's just taken a lot, lot longer to send than I expected it to, so I'm going to have to try and, and fill. Is it a really high-resolution picture it of might... your testicle? Yeah, it is, yes. How did you know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But I, well, I will another one. I will Mate, fill. You need to sort your follicles out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got laser Christ treatment. Man, yeah. I've got laser treatment booked in for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. I, I can lend you a manscaped if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the other podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, sorry, sorry. I will. While we're waiting for this thing to send, just say that I was very saddened um, over the weekend. Like the voice of my childhood passed away, and I I was at work when I found out, and I had to stop, and I got very upset about um, Murray Walker. Because yeah, I mentioned, I mentioned before, out. I'm a massive Formula. So not so much now. I used to be a massive Formula One fan. I used, I my dad sit me down on his lap to watch Formula One with him when I was little, and I haven't been this upset about like a famous person dying since Rick Mail died, which was like five years ago. And like, again, yeah. another mm. another voice slash face of my childhood. So yeah, that was kind of a shit day for me. And then today the. Girl from uh, Sabine from Top Gear passed away. Who, Sabine um, from Top Gear, yeah, fifty-one. Fifty-one, yeah. She yeah. had like no fucking age. really no bad age. cancer. Oh, I've, I've made the podcast so depressed now. It's made to make this <laughs> well, video it, like the, this video better cheer you guys up, otherwise I'm gonna be very upset. There were other celebrities who died as well. There was the uh, the guy from Alien. Oh yeah, Yafikoto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. he died as well. It it does make me wonder that all these celebrities have died, and yet Prince Philip has now left the hospital after a month in there. <laughs> he has taken their life so, essence. I'm sure he of has. it. <laughs> she, he looks like a lich. <laughs> he looks like the walking undead. Okay, so this is obviously an audio podcast, so it's very hard to describe the visuals here, but we're seeing a pregnant woman's belly 
that is very active. There is a lot of kicking and movement. And oh, it's the cutest thing. The only thing is, I'm going to say about this is, is the pregnant belly is underneath a, uh, looks like a kind of, like a cow spotted duvet. So this could be mistaken for one of those rich people's films where they go out and kill something exotic. And now you're just like kind of rubbing the kill. (laughs) Is it like, oh yeah, look what I've shot. Blossom's going to love you for that, mate. (laughs) literally the baby you can tell it is rolling and turning (laughs) that is nuts yeah that baby's going crazy jesus crazy that's like a wave machine that's what it looks like (laughs) oh Oh, that is lovely that's really nice great stuff she's very active in there and um like i said you can still i was holding her today feeling her move around couldn't really see it as much today, but yeah, she's very uh, having a very good time in there. Something else that also happened today is uh, Blossom just passed um, 34 weeks yesterday, as a matter of fact, and she, her attention has turned to um, perineum care. Now, oh. I, I don't know if we want to be like how sensitive <laughs> you two want to be about this, but did you um, did you, you partake us? in any perineum care with your significant others? Or previous significant no, others in Adam's case, they, as the uh, as they were yeah, having their they, children, they had that all handled. In in my case or cases, they didn't want any assistance. They were all sorted. Daniel, yeah, we we did no perineum care either, which is kind of a good thing in the end because I feel it would have been wasted if we did because Sarah had to get cut to get the baby <laughs> out. So in the end, it was kind of good that we didn't. Well, obviously, like the ideal is. Birth is done a natural, a natural way, but we've always said. I think I mentioned it last week. Whatever's the safest way, but yeah, yeah. Blossom. I love it to bits, but she has got kind of little limbs, so she can't really reach. <laughs> so, being the amazing fiance that I am, I I took one for the team, and I have been. Uh, I've spent the last two days after she's had a bath slash shower, getting right in there and giving the parent perineum a good little <laughs> massage. Hey, these are the things you do when you're, married, not... when you're going to be married and in love. That's exactly. what happens. Again, not t- like lotioning it up then. It's not like with cocoa butter well, or anything like she that. Got, it's just... She got some oils like from online. So it's like a, oh, essentially like a massage oil. And you pop a little bit okay. you pop a little bit on the perineum, pop a little bit on your fingers. And you just like yeah. basically work it with your thumbs for like three to four minutes. Yeah. And Dig she's... your elbow right in. Let's get the knots <laughs> Do a little uh, karate sure? chops on it. Yeah. I mean, are you just sure this wasn't Blossom's way of getting a bit frisky with you without you realising? <laughs> like, go on, rub me there. Rub me in my special place. Nah, she's usually a lot more aggressive about that. I was going to say, yeah. Well, also, yeah, fucking Buffalo Benny over here. You rub the lotion in your skin while she gets the hose again. <laughs> just, just that very specific part, mind. <laughs> yeah. You're good by horses playing in the background while Benny's rubbing Blossom's perineum. Would you fuck me? Oh, just quickly. I'd fuck me. Did you know... Did you know you can go now to Pennsylvania and you can stay in that house and it's a bed and breakfast? What? You what? can stay in the Buffalo Bill house from Silence of the Lambs. They've turned it into a bed and breakfast and you can now go there and stay there. Can you go into the basement? Do they have that's, the hall? That's the thing. Yeah, you want it. Do you know what? Even if that basement was on a set, if you're going to that house and you stay in it as a and b they better have that basement put in and the well and everything yeah. so that you can actually go and do it. I'd love to. That'd be so cool to stay there. Lovely little photo. Especially watch. if they convert yeah. the basement so the shower room is at the bottom of the hole and they lower the toiletries down to you <laughs> on, on a rope. <laughs> the problem is though all the uh, all the clothes in the wardrobes are like skin suits and all that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like your free dressing gown is a skin suit of a man or a woman's body, whichever one you want. <laughs> Mini baby update, boom, petish. Done. Right, my week as a dad, and this is an update from last week. Last week, I said, I'm going to let my older two kids do with Mother's Day themselves. Oh, they yeah, Mother's Day update. To Shit, go yeah. out and do the stuff. So, younger kid, that was all fine. That was perfect. Older kids, absolute shocker, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, this was my weekend with my older two kids. So, they were due to come round. But my daughter, she, one of her classmates, tested positive. Uh, COVID. So she'd been in close contact with him, so she had to self-isolate, which meant so did my son, although that's not strictly he has to, 
he chose to stay at yeah. his mum's. And it meant they couldn't come round here because we didn't want to run the risk of, you know, passing it round. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't with them to be able to go, right, come on, oh, kids. No. It's Mother's Day on a Sunday. Let's go out. They forgot about it. Despite oh, no. me reminding them <laughs> by text. Oh, God. Yeah, earlier on in the week saying, don't forget, Mother's Day this Sunday. I'll take you out and get something for you. They completely forgot. I had their mum ringing me at like just before 12 going, your kids have forgotten that it's Mother's Day. And I was <laughs> like, like, said, I like saying your kids. Yeah, your kids. Your kids have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, she's shifting responsibility onto me. Of course. They're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and... I could not believe it. They were both still in bed. They hadn't got oh my God. out of their rooms. She had left to do some shopping. They didn't even know. They didn't even know she wasn't <laughs> in the house. Like, normally, she would say, obviously, I'm going out shopping and what have you. But they're old enough where they can stay in the house by themselves. Uh, but <laughs> she thought, fuck it, I'm not telling him. If they, they're not even recognising it's Mother's Day, they're not even coming down at breakfast time and saying, happy Mother's Day, we're sorry we didn't get a card. <laughs> they, she just left and so I had to ring them I rang my daughter and went right <laughs> you know what day it is today and you've kind of fucked up on this you need to make sure you're apologising to your mum and obviously it's too late probably for you to go out and get a card or anything so what you need to do is offer to do something for her you know make something for her uh, do, do some housework for her something to say you are sorry here, let me do this for you to show you that love and affection. My eldest daughter then forgot what I told her, oh, basically God. because I'd woken her up. <laughs> and so half an hour later, I get another call off her mum, and I have to ring her up again and go, what do you mean you forgot? <laughs> I was like five minutes talking to him, giving you loads of ideas. And then they went off. And I went round that evening to uh, pick something up from there. And I was talking to the kids. I was talking to my ex. And uh, they, they basically had no idea what they could do for her at all, despite me giving them loads of ideas. So they didn't do anything until... Just before I got there, my eldest daughter had uh, got the ingredients ready to bake a cake, which was great. That That's lovely. She baked the cake. It was really nice. Her mum loved it. My lad ended up drawing her a bath and uh, not a picture of one, an actual bath. <laughs> <laughs> and she had a nice relaxing bath. And he made sure he wasn't really loud on the Xbox because his bedroom is next to the bathroom. So she could actually have one in peace. But that's all. And I felt so bad. Like, even though we haven't been together for 10 years, like, every Mother's Day, I've made sure the kids have done something. And then, because it's outside my control, they're not with me to do something. They're not at school to get, like, the normal kind of reminders and make stuff in school and that type of thing. They just did nothing, and they forgot, and I feel so bad. And when I was around there, I pointedly said to both of them, better not make this fucking mistake on Father's Day. <laughs> you need to make up for it now on Father's Day by getting me something awesome. Just, I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daniel, can you, see, you in that just newfound uh, fame as an author to buy you a PS5? I was going to say, yeah, yeah, when that book money starts rolling in, dude, you'll be, uh, you'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> see, I did. I, I then, I, uh, I made sure to do something for Mother's Day. I knew that Sarah, because I said Sarah was sat in the room last week, so I made sure to play the game of, oh yeah, I'm not doing anything for her, she got nothing. And then of course I did. I went and got some chocolates and a new, like a mum mug and, you know, Georgia did her a nice card and all that kind of thing, so. Sorry? And then, yeah, and a nice candle, a Yankee candle, because she'd never get Yankee candles, so I got a Yankee candle, so. I did make sure to do some bits for her, because it is nice, and she's a fantastic yeah. mummy. She's standing behind you. Oh, as you say that. Yeah, she's yeah. sat in the room again. Yeah, she's absolutely <laughs> sat in the room again. And we did uh, we did go to Wagamama, which is our favourite uh, restaurant, and we had a Wagamama sat in the car, which was great because I'd, I'd eat Wagamama sat anywhere. I don't care. So uh, <laughs> it was nice. It was a good day all round. Did you do anything for kind of like pre Mother's Day? I didn't. I felt. Like, uh, Blossom brought it up later in the day, and I was like, I didn't even think about it. And the funny thing was, I said, like, to her, I think the day before, she was, I, th- I think she had, like, maybe a little bit of a down, uh, down day, and I said to her, you are already a mum. Like, no matter what happens, like, in yeah. six weeks' time, you've lugged this thing around for eight months. You're as much of a, mama, a mother as my one, sitting in her lounge right now, playing on her iPad, most yeah. likely. 
Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I, I was a real ass and I didn't get her anything. That's because her birthday was like five days before. I mean, it's clearly, like, Ben, it's Adam's fault because yeah, he didn't oh, yeah, remind Adam, you enough yeah. to do Adam, it. Adam, you so. didn't call me. Yeah, this is your fault, Adam. Everybody, you should have run your kids. I did last week. <laughs> I did, even did an alarm noise with my mouth. That's <laughs> <a> sufficient <laughs> reminder. All that's happened this week, is, is that people just keep letting Adam down. That's all that's happened. You just can't yeah. catch a break. People just keep letting him down. <laughs> okay, so something happened this week that I wanted to discuss, which relates to sort of being younger and, you know, like teaching your kids things and all that kind of stuff is, Sarah's mum and dad are in our bubble because they help with childcare, mm. so we can go around and see them. So we're around on Sunday, and they've been clearing out the loft, and they've found like loads of old pictures. They found a like a little kind of red box safe that Sarah had where she wrote letters to her friends when she used to live, you know, um, when she lived in Gloucester and all that kind of thing. Dead funny, little kind of messages about boys she liked when she was like eleven, twelve. Really funny things. They also found Sarah's. You know, the, do you remember the National Record of Achievement books? Mm-hmm. Like the oh, red yeah. kind of hardback Okay, we, we, this led to a kind of a large conversation at, at Sarah's mum's house, but the pressure that you got put under as kids about these books. <laughs> I, rem- I remember oh it vividly that, okay, this book will go with you for the rest of your life. Everything you accomplish at school will be in this book. If you haven't got this book with you, when you go for a job, you know, your meals will go in there and just piss all over the desk. You know, your life your life will just be totally useless unless yeah. you've got this book. I have that's the first time I've seen that book since I left school. I don't remember a single I never remember going for a job ever. Even my first job out of college, which was an office ju- like my first kind of proper like full time job, which was an office junior job just for the summer. I didn't didn't even they didn't ask me. So it wasn't even like I've not needed it for the past twenty years or something. Two years out from school, there was never any discussion about this national <laughs> record of achievement book. No one ever asked for it. No one ever wanted to see it. No one ever mentioned it ever again. Yet when I was at school, and I'm sure you probably had the same thing, you were told that it was like, this is the Bible and it will define yeah. your entire yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. And it got me to thinking yeah. about the kind of the pressures that are upon you at school for certain things and how you have to take these things with you through life. And if you make a mistake, like that's it. Your whole, you know, your whole life's ruined. And I just suddenly felt like, man, I just feel really sorry for kids. I feel really sorry for them. Like the absolute fucking pressure on them is insane. Well, I don't, I don't know if kids get that type of book nowadays. It's funny you mention it because I've been cleaning out my don't. garage and I found mine, and I distinctly remember taking that several job interviews, even like recent ones when I was in like my mid twenties, because it's just a convenient pretty place to put all of my degrees uh not degree my degree certificate my mm. uh, exam certificates all that type of stuff because type of jobs i've gone for they usually ask four copies of that or ask to see that and then even things like applying for a mortgage and things like that i've taken it with me because i can then just put like my id in there so <laughs> my national record of achievement probably contains things like my national insurance card, ah. my uh, passport, and things like that. So I have genuinely carried mine around like that, and will probably update it. I'm sure it's got like my latest information governance training that I've done in my job, <laughs> certificate I printed off at home, because it's all in there. You never know when you're going to need it. I've still got mine. It's either in this drawer I can see to the left of me, or it's in my wardrobe that's to the right of me. But unlike Masters, I've never, I've never ever used it. It's just there. It's got my, it's got my like um, oh, no. school certificates in. But it's literally oh, no. just. It, it might as well just be something to lean on when I've got to write a letter or something. Oh. It's yeah, it's no like important. It's just me. a posh coaster. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Am I just a massive nerd then for carrying around my my special school folder? <laughs> no, no, you're you're not wrong. It's it is a convenient place to store everything, and like you say, like you've got a degree. So, sorry, you've got a one. Sorry, haven't you, Benny? You've got a degree, haven't you, Benny? No, no, actually? I dropped out of uni. I went to uni, but I dropped out, out after okay. a year and a bit. Okay, okay. So yeah, you've got a degree, and and I guess like you say, there are certain jobs where they're going to want to see proof of that. So it kind of makes sense, but essentially. My point still stands for you as well, Adam, is you're not using that because somebody says to you, have you actually got your National Record of Achievement with you? You're just using it as a fancy binder oh, to yeah. carry your paperwork in. Mm-hmm. You're not using it because you think... Someone has oh, specifically God, said, I need your NROA. Yeah. <laughs> and you've gone, no, oh, nobody's... let me just dust it off. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said to you at a job interview. Uh, so when you were 14 years old, do you remember that math test you took in April? <laughs> uh, yeah? Can you get it for me? Yeah, sure. It's right here in mine. My national record of achievement folder. Yeah. I just thought, what? No one's got it. Like, what? 
why? Why do they put so much pressure on kids? And I know that I know that kids don't have those books nowadays. But like I've mentioned before, Sarah's got a friend who's got a daughter called Katie, and you know I spoke to her about the pressure of exams and what they say at school and all that kind of thing. And she said the same kind of thing. I mean, they they for some reason make you think that if you don't get the grade you require at you know O level or GCSE or whatever they call it nowadays. Oh well, that's it. I mean, you must just go live under a bridge. Like, yeah, forget yeah. it. Like your life's like why, why even bother? I think that's yeah. insane. Like, and, it's, and it's so mad. Realistically, all you need are your English and your maths. Mm. They're yeah. the kind of the <laughs> core so ones that you need to yeah. get any job. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of it is just more kind of a specialism. Because I I've never really applied for a job in the past 10, 15 years that says you must have X number of B grade GCSEs for example, yeah. to to move ahead. And I think it, it, it is right what you're saying. There is so much pressure on students to go, you need to attain this. But I think that's partly because the schools are forced to uh, assess themselves by these exam results. And not there's no other way of assessing performance of schools in that regard other than just the results of the exams. Yeah, I think you're right. You are right. It is kind of, yeah, it's that kind of two-pronged, well, we'll tell the kids they need to do this because it's beneficial for them, but also it'll make us look really good if all our kids have got really good grades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. And again, I'm not going to get into this too deep now because it's, it's a super long conversation and we'll get into another point, but I left school with zero GCSEs. I didn't even take my exams mm-hmm. when I left school. I left school at 14. And mm-hmm. I think if, if, if you said to somebody, oh, well, you know, this lad's going to leave school at 14, you'd be like, well, he's going to be in prison then in like five years. There are so many instances where there are, you know, kids like me or people like me who left school with nothing or didn't do their exams or, I don't know, just didn't have any inkling towards any desire to do any kind of higher education or whatever. It doesn't, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter as much as people make you believe it matters. You can still be a success without having to go through all that craziness. I mean, you should do it because it's good in the long run. I do think you yeah. should do it. But... It isn't the end of the world, like they no, kind of like they will it. make you believe. Yeah, that 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 proof at the end of it represents so much more than just your knowledge of the subject. It, yeah, it's your ability to cope well in certain situations. It's a reflection of uh, analytical and research skills that you've picked up along the way. It's a result of you know the actual physical work that you've done for things like coursework. It's representative of so much more, and just because you may get a lower grade than you think, or not attain the grade that you want, it doesn't mean that you are lacking in certain aspects, just aspects that you are not as skilled in as as others. I think you're right. I I think the thing is as well is parents, and I I do this to Georgia sometimes, is that parents will always say to their kids when they get to like 9 or 10, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Like, what do you think you want to do? I mean, I still ask Georgia that kind of thing now and again, and I just think like, why am I asking her that question? Who cares what... Just let her find her way. Let her work it out. We've got a long time to sort this out. Oh, I'm yeah. 40 years old. I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I'm sure I'll think of it someday. Maybe I'm doing it now. I don't yeah. know. But I still don't know what I want to do when I get older. I've, I still yeah. can't. I've never found that thing. And, you know, well, there, are kids who are, there are kids who will have that. You know, they're like, okay, yeah, from like the age of four, I wanted to be a vet and I did it. That's great. Mm-hmm. But some kids won't. And I kind of think parents saying to their kids all the time, when they're like nine or ten or eleven, like what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Even when you get to sixteen, like you could just change your mind completely. At sixteen, they think, yeah, I don't want to be a teacher. I want to be a hairdresser. Or I want to be a firefighter or a police officer. Or you know, and I just think, I think well, as a society, we have to kind of stop with that pressure. When I did my jig cow in year nine or whatever it is to assess what job you're going to go into, <laughs> oh yeah, mine was to run a brewery, and I can't <gasps> even say the word. <laughs> <laughs> Mine comes out brewy. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> I can't even say it. But yeah, it's like the man, the job that I do now, which is just some random like IT training management job, wasn't even a thing back then. <laughs> when I was doing like the jig cow, it's so different. So what kids might think? Oh yeah, that would be a great career to go into now. The world is changing so much. There will be opportunities available to you that just aren't a thing at the moment just don't exist or for companies yeah, that don't exist or for service providers that don't exist now there will always be core things that you can get into and there's always going to be a need for you know the skilled labor and things like that 
ultimately, my my advice to my kids has always been, look, I will push you for as as far as you want to be pushed, but ultimately the decision is yours. If if you're going to end up, you know, being a chippy or a, a hairdresser or something like that, that's great. As long as it's something that you really enjoy. And it, you know, it brings you comfort and it brings you happiness in that. That that's the key thing with life because you've got to do it for what, like sixty odd years. It'll be yeah. <laughs> probably fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> so you may as well enjoy it. And you got to also you remind right. your kids to put a fucking shift in when they when they figure out what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, go on. on, on that's on. Uncle Benny's. That's what Uncle Benny's for. Ring Uncle Benny to tell you what yeah. to do. Put the fucking shift in. All right, go <laughs> on. The, on the going back to what uh, Daniel was saying about putting pressure on kids to decide what they want to do with their life. I, I, I'm similar to you. I've never had that inspiration until, funnily enough, I um, found out I was going to become a dad. And now my, my goal in life is to be a good father and continue to provide for my family. And by any means possible, I don't give a shit about what the career is. I just want to make sure that my yeah. future daughter and my future wife are happy healthy and living the best life they possibly can yeah. yeah that's that was it for me that was it like having being a dad completely completely made me it absolutely i never thought it would mm-hmm. i was never i never pined for kids or anything like you guys know me i'm just kind of like yeah, yeah whatever okay whatever happens happens we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. and i never thought it was anything i even wanted i i didn't really think about it and and even if sarah had said to me you know what i'm, I'm not bothered about having kids i'd have gone all right no worries like yeah whatever mm-hmm. that's fine because it was just yeah. never a thing. And then as soon as we did, that was it. I just was like, oh, okay, yeah. Now this is why I am, like, this is my goal, is just to make sure that, not financially, but I know what you're saying, Ben. Like, you know, you don't want them to be, you know, you don't want your kids to be cold or hungry or that kind yeah. of, I get, yeah. I know what you're saying. You're not saying, like, you're going to buy them everything they ever wanted. But my my thing was just right. It, emotionally, my daughter needs to know that there is nothing I won't try and help her with yeah. or try and yeah. fix for her or try and do for her. You know, she needs to help with homework. I'll do it. She needs me to pick her up somewhere in the car. I'll do it. Anything emotionally I can give her, I will give to her and help her the best I can. It was interesting what you said about jobs and stuff. I, I can't wait to see what the jobs are going to be in 10 years. Because if you think about people now who make a living off YouTube or podcasting, they, they didn't even exist yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, it wasn't even, exactly. it wasn't like you couldn't make a living off it. They weren't even a thing. It wasn't, it didn't even exist. And I can't imagine saying to somebody 10 years ago who now is a YouTuber or a podcaster Oh, what are you going to do for a job? When, you know, in ten years, I think I'll make little videos about fifteen minutes longer and put them on the uh, on the computer. Well, who's going yeah. to watch them? Like, <laughs> I don't know, millions of people. What are they going to be? You mean like films? No, 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 not films. They're just I'm just videoing my life. Right, you're going to video your life and people are going to watch it. Yeah, millions of people. Yeah, whatever, mate. Of course they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you said like podcasting, especially if you said to somebody, okay, so like an hour a week, I'm going to talk about a subject mm-hmm. and people can listen to it. Somebody would go, oh, yeah, brilliant, mate. You invented the radio. Well done, you. You're a fucking genius. <laughs> no, like, this is now a thing. I wonder what it's going to be in 10 years. It's just mad. It's mind-boggling to me. And in the meantime, Ricky Gervais is hearing that conversation and thinking, actually, this could work. Ricky Gervais yeah, and Adam yeah. Carolla, like the godfathers of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I just um, wonder I mean, where it's going to go. That ties in something I wanted to raise, actually. With, with the time difference of... Things you experience as a kid and things you might experience as an adult and, and that that kind of generational change. My kids and I have recently taken to watching uh, a lot of lot of films from like the 80s and 90s. So my older kids and I have done the first three Die Hard films. We've got Jingle All The Way Under The Belt as a firm family Christmas favourite. And my youngest is now a huge Back to the Future fan. No idea how that started. I just kind of... We got a book as a gift off someone. A book version of Back to the Future for kids. And I read it to her and she's like, that's a great story. And we read it like every night for the rest of that weekend. And we watched the first Back to the Future story. All great. The problem came with Big. Now, Big, I'm sure you're both familiar with the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom Hanks. Of course. uh, As a kid, makes a wish that he wants to be bigger. Only slightly bigger, but ends up as, like, a 30-year-old man. And eventually, you know, has sex with a woman. And then becomes a child again with that woman next to him. And returns to his family (laughs) life after pretending he'd been kidnapped. That in itself is a a pretty harsh bit of storyline, you know? He pretended he was kidnapped as a child. 
and rang his own mum and said, oh yeah, don't worry, I've got your son, he's fine, I'll prove he's alive, here, he, you sung this song to him when he was a child, he just told me that. <laughs> That's a scene in Big. It's not a family <laughs> film, because my little five-year-old's watching it, and there's one scene where the guy's friend comes in, who is a kid, and has spent a quite creepy amount of time with this grown-up man who's not related to him, and is angry with him, and calls him a fuckhead. <laughs> I'm there with a the five-year-old going, you know, this this is, you know, it's a family film, there's some funny bits in it where, you know, he's jumping on a giant keyboard, and he's taking a woman to his bedroom, but uh, it's, it's bunk beds, you know, you sleep down there, I'll sleep up here. She doesn't see, like, the, the, the adult side of that, she just thinks, oh, it's funny. But then, to experience another child who's like my lad's age, coming in and calling an adult a fuckhead, (laughs) along with a lot of other swearing in that. There's like five or ten shits in there, (laughs) and I could not believe it, that this supposedly family film from the 80s that we're all sitting around to watch and we're enjoying is just filled with filth, and it's filled with very inappropriate stuff for children. And I don't know if you guys have watched a film that you loved as a kid, as an adult, and realised, oh my god, there's a lot more in there that I just didn't pick up as a kid. Because I certainly have with this fucking film. I just searched for Big on um, IMDb. That's PG. That's a PG film. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, fucking and shitting all over the place. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I thought it was like a PG. That's fine. PG is just something like, I don't know, Turner and Hooch. (laughs) <laughs> where it's slightly adult themes, but, you know, they're not effing and cheffing everywhere. Or, like, well, I had to fast-forward a section because they basically just stripped off and were having sex. This isn't this isn't <laughs> me guiding the children correctly. I'm just going to... I had to cover my youngest's eyes and <laughs> the older kids were going, la, 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 really loudly to cover up <laughs> swear words. It was lucky we had the subtitles on so we could see what was about to come up. And so we could yell, like yell over the swear words, but my god, I get parental guidance, Jesus, <laughs> dude. Family family films in the eighties were tough. Give memories, let me down. I can't remember what I was watching, but I was the same as I remember watching one years later and thinking, "There's no way this is a PG. This would be a twelve A <laughs> now. This would be a twelve yeah. A. It's not a PG at all." Yeah, they were filthy. Yeah. They were absolutely filthy. But it was like yeah. that was the time though. It was just like ah, how old is she? Five? Ah, she's fine. It's fine. What's, what's, exactly. She'll learn about this one day. Don't worry about it. But to me, like, she's five. She's watching a funny film about a kid, and she'll identify with the kid, and then the kid grows up, and she'll identify with the grown-up, and he plays with toys, and he has fun adventures, and then he goes back to being young again. It's kind of like Home Alone. She likes Home Alone, because there's no effing and jeffing in that, and that's what I thought Big was like. It's not. And recently, we tried the Goonies. Like, within the first five minutes, there's the word shit. (laughs) We tried Ace Ventura, and literally within the first three minutes, he's getting given a blowjob. Yeah. Like, he's holding on to rafters and, like, swinging around. I I just, I I might as well just show her Die Hard. And just go, you know what, yeah, this is a kid's film. Look, it's Christmas. Just enjoy it. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's, a, it's Christmas. You'll be fine. Yeah. But did you watch anything as a kid that was like, made you question things in that way? Or, or like, taught you things that actually that's a bit adult? Because I've got a distinct memory of being a kid and watching the film House Party, uh, Wicked and Play. And oh for those God. of you that haven't, haven't watched out. it, House Party, there's, there's these tough teenagers, tough guys in it who are always picking on the main characters. And one of the things they say, to make them appear like weak and cowardly, is one of them goes up to them, like really close to them, takes a big sniff, goes, you know what I smell? I smell pussy. Like saying, (laughs) you guys are pussies. And I've got distinct memories of me, probably like eight, ten years old, going to my mum and going, mum, what's pussy? (laughs) Just going, I don't know. I don't know, mate. I'm still not sure. It It might be rude. I was going to say, we still don't know, do we? (laughs) We're still waiting to learn. (laughs) I can think of two that I remember watching growing up. One was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, being a PG, because there's uh, there's the kids that are working in the mine, and then there's eating the monkey brains. 
And there's the oh, scene where God. the guy, oh, what's the main bad? I don't remember the main bad guy's name, but like he pulls the heart out of that guy's chest. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Yeah, or Lamarge. <laughs> I remember watching it like, holy shit! He just pulled that guy's heart out of his chest. And I think I was like nine That's or badass. ten. Yeah. Do you know what the worst one? The worst one. It's going to sound so stupid. Right, Gremlins two, which is legitimately one of my favorite films ever, and I think criminally yeah. underrated. I think it's bonkers and it's madness and it's crazy and it's like so much fun, so much fun. Right, so they just kill Gizmo does his Rambo impression. And he kills the uh, gremlin that turns into a giant spider. Yeah. For some reason, after that, Phoebe Cates is telling a story about how she gets abused in a park by a man who looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> so she's... I can't remember how it gets onto it, but she starts, like, she kind of goes into this wistful look. And now she's telling the story about, oh, I used to have these... Uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because I, I, I used to like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and there was a man in a park and he was like hello little girl and then he came over to me and held my hand and I was like what the fuck like why have we gone from why have we gone from gremlins to Phoebe Cakes being molested in a park what is happening but yeah that was that was one when I watched when I was sort of like nineteen twenty, and thinking Jesus Christ this should not be in this film like this is definitely for kids the only thing I would mention about that which is kind of the other way, is I remember after I after Robocop came out, they marketed the toys to kids, which I just found insane. That you could buy Ed 209s and Robocops that fired, you know, cap guns. Mm-hmm. There was a you could get a Robocop that you could put the, the caps in the back of and you could keep flicking his arm and it was like he was shooting the gun. And I remember thinking, hang on a minute, they're just they're just marketing this they're just marketing this towards kids. Why Robocop toys being sold to children? <laughs> and I, I, I found that yeah. bizarre. I've been into Smith's Toys just for the most recent lockdown. And Smiths. I love it, but there is a section of toys from uh, the Alien series of films. And I distinctly remember when they came out, the, the same toys, they've just like remodeled them and repackaged them in like that, that old style packaging. And to me, it's like, hang on, that's a really fucking scary film for a little kid, but here they are, they've got toys of them. But then, like, the other side of the aisle, there's all this, like, Five Nights at Freddy's and Piggy and and stuff like that, and it's like, well, yeah, I suppose kids do like horror in a way. They do like being scared. I know I one so, nine-year-old but... girl who loves being yeah. scared, especially before she has That's to go to sleep. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Before <laughs> she has to go to sleep, which is the worst time to get scared. Just... <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, so something else I did this week was that we're deciding to uh, redesign the kitchen. Me and Sarah had a chat, get some new flooring down. We'll uh, obviously paint. It's not been done for like since we moved in, basically. And the idea was when we moved in was okay, all this will do for now, but at some point down the road, we'll have to you know fix it, make it look nice, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Sarah came home on Monday night and she was startled to uh, learn that I had just taken two cupboards off the wall and thrown them away. <laughs> and. <laughs> Because I'm the kind of person who I, and I'm sure you guys may realize this, uh, two things. Number one, I am a slave to my whims. I just get an idea and I just go for it. Like my tattoos, like growing a beard, like cutting my hair. I just, eh, whatever, I'll just do it and see what happens. So I decided that was happening. I had to get rid of them. And secondly, I would rather beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. That's how I've lived my whole life. I'm not, because I knew, I knew if I said, can I get rid of this cupboard and this cupboard, she was going to say no. So I just thought, ah, I'm off on Monday. I'll just do it when she goes to work. And then she can't say anything because like, she she's not going to go and buy some more and put them up. So that's fine. So uh, it's, it seems a bit, uh, it's a bit of a dick move to do, but I think it's, I think it's for the best because it'll make it look nicer and neater and cleaner. We're about to start redoing the kitchen and then it only leaves for the house to be finished completely as to how we actually like it. The, uh, the hallway and the stairs need doing like repainting and carpeting and stuff, but so I'm, lo- I'm actually looking forward to it. I get to be manly, which doesn't happen very often. Well, done. always a good thing. And then once you do that, you can sell the house. Manliness. Yeah. Which is yeah. the goal of doing these things. <laughs> Dude, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to carry me out of here in a box. I'm never leaving this place ever after the fucking work we've done to it. Jesus, it'll be like Charlton Heston, like all like, dead hands. No, never giving this place up. Too many memories have been made in that house. Exactly. Yeah, too many. Scaring Rick many. on the floor. Getting cosy in a hot tub. Oh, it's just my memory, yeah. sorry. 
<laughs> oh god, I think back to that hot tub idea. That was such a bad idea. It was like five of us in it. It just became the fucking human frappuccino. It was gross. <laughs> oh, it was. It was like five man flavored water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could have bottled it up and like sold it to some perverts like through an Etsy <laughs> store or something. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, we should have done yeah. Well, now we have some sort of slight internet presence with a podcast, maybe now is the time to do it. Or do you think Belle well, Delphine has cornered the market on Bathwater? Adam, you're the, Bel- oh, you're the resident Belle Delphine expert. We're going one... Yeah. <laughs> she, she's she's not done it again so I think I think the hype has died down enough for us to revitalise it with five man hot tub water we just need to find exactly. a fifth man now because <laughs> unfortunately the fifth man is dead so <laughs> down to four man hot tub water <laughs> shit yeah I just realised as you were going on it's like oh yeah the fifth guy's dead <laughs> shit yeah. we, need a fi- we need a fifth guy Oh, dearie me. Yeah, but, okay, you're saying Belle Delphine cornered the market. She cornered the market in young, attractive woman water. She hasn't cornered the market in old, crusty guy water. That's now our market. Speak for yourself. <laughs> exactly. Now... That, that's the whole, like, revitalization. Is, oh, good it's point. the taste, taste for a new generation. <laughs> we, we're going to be like the Pepsi to her coat. <laughs> we've, we've got four-man water. Oh, she, she's got a, what, one e-girl bath water. Oz, Oz is going to be, you know, it's bubbled, it's fresh, it's carbonated, <laughs> not not through any natural process, just, just for the fact that four men were sweating in it. <laughs> so. I'm sure at some point I could hear my hot tub whimpering that night as we're all sat in it. Sure Your hot tub had to go to therapy. Uh, yeah, I'm sure at some point that evening get achieved sentience and started crying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh god! I remember check. I remember that, checking that... It the next day, thinking, "Oh god, this needs more chemicals." Oh god, I better go and do this yeah. again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was like that episode of the Young Bonds where they all shared a bathwater, and it's basically just black, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And the fact that there's like, and the fact the water level rose, like it was, like, it was like we all got in it, and the water was just flowing over the sides. And when we got out of it, it was half full. Well, I, was like, I, need to, I need to turn this off because it's going to fuck up the system. Well, this is it. I mean, like sixty percent of us are uh, were big guys. At the yeah, time. true. <laughs> it, it's it's a lot of volume taken up, unfortunately. I feel like there That's was true. so much displacement that Aristotle was watching and smiling upon us as we uh, splashed. <laughs> all yeah, that water he was like, outside. like that. It's like that. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Right there. He's pointing now down from heaven going, See? and run down the streets with your towel on, shouting <laughs> Eureka. Go on, boys. Yeah, hey, I, I think to stuff. celebrate the end of lockdown, maybe we need to do a special hot tub episode of this podcast where we record it directly from the hot tub. All three of us in it. <laughs> Such a bad idea. <laughs> well, Mrs. Uh, well, Mrs. Masters, how did they die? They were recording in there, and one of them dropped his laptop in, and that was it. <laughs> Well, we just get Although, to be just fair, to stand next to the hot tub for the hour, holding the laptop and a microphone. <laughs> and a microphone. You see, no, you see, and then we can corner the market in man hot water soup, because that'll be like a soup then, oh. rather than a drink, because there'll be chunks floating in it of, of our dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Extra meaty flavour, now with chunks. A vicious of uh, manliness. <laughs> Oh, what notes than a creme brulee, to be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus! I'm not. I never want a man, a man brulee again. That's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking the other day when you mentioned about because every twice every year, folks, I have everybody round to my house and I get all my friends out and we have to have a long weekend of basically eating shit and being disgusting boys. Mm-hmm. That's what we do because uh, we don't get to really do that in our daily lives. And luckily. My uh, my wife is an absolute trooper because she's also one of the lads, and so is Benny's good lady. They've just become, you know, they become one of the lads, and they can have a laugh and joke with us, and they do the same things we do, which is fucking great. Awesome as much more. And of I a was lad thinking, I yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, my my wife's the man of the house for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I was going to say that we could we could do a live recording. I thought it'd be really cool <laughs> to yes, do like definitely. a live recording of this show. Oh, but I don't know if it like it fuck up our flow or anything because I've got to look at you while I'm talking. <laughs> what we'll do like, is oh god, we'll, now I've got to look at them. What we'll do is we'll just lie down on the floor in your living room, staring up at the ceiling with the lights <laughs> off, <laughs> and just do it that way. We won't see each other. 
We'll be there with our heads like close together, like a, like a little three pointed star. <laughs> it's like some weird kind of album cover from the eighties. Yeah, like it's like one of those arty like, album like the covers. stasis pods from Alien. <laughs> We're all kind of like <laughs> arranged in a circle. <laughs> oh god, fucking hell! All right. Let's move on, shall we? Let's get to uh, baby names and advice, please, Adam. Oh, Adam! Okay. Before you hit the theme, I would like to add, I would like to point out that um, Barry White's introduction last week, the baby, and talking about um, how base like impacts the baby inside the, the womb area, um, it really liked Barry White. So, if you want to hit it, was if you want to get oh. Barry White back, or if you've got other some other uh, deep voiced uh, soul singer from the nineteen seventies <laughs> hidden around your house, which you really shouldn't do because. Of lockdown, should, that'd be good. Should I, uh, should I send Joe Pasquale home then? Because it was <laughs> oh. his week this week, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Sorry, Joe, you're being cancelled, mate. Sorry, this, this, this show, we didn't realise. This shows my, my level of cultural knowledge, where the first, like, who's a high-pitched voice guy? Fucking <laughs> Joe Pasquale, who hasn't been on, like, TV in 20 years. Oh, People, my God. Are there, are there I, any other high-pitched voice guys? I don't know of any. I can't think uh, of that. There's the the guy who sang that song, uh, Tiny Tim, who sang that uh, yeah, song. Yeah, of course, yeah. Relevant, on, uh, relevant, yeah. Yeah, Spongebob. You know, he's from, what, Cultural. 50s, 60s? Yeah. Well, let's say I picked the most recent one, at least. Right, okay. Well, you put me on a spot now. I've I've got to think of a, uh, a Barry White theme tune. <laughs> Come on then, Barry. Get on the mic. Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> right, sit yourself down. No. Not that bit of the sofa, it's sweet. <laughs> there you go. Right, there's a the microphone. That's my Thanks, spot. Man. Okay. You've got two choices. You can listen to the bad advice or find out what weird fucking name some parents call their kid. Barry! The decision is yours. I'm blue. He's <laughs> blue, Daniel. He's blue. Just blue. Hey, <laughs> there's no call for that, Barry. Go on, fuck off. What oh, man. Oh, off he goes, waddling down the landing. Right, cheers, Barry. <laughs> I literally think I, I, I listen. Obviously, Which I listen back to the like podcast. To the biggest laugh I've ever had was from last week's one, where um, you said "bye, Barry," and then just like randomly in a deep voice, you would "okay," and I, I had to pause the podcast <laughs> at that point. That just triggered me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about it, but it just got to me. And as um as Barry Barry put it first, I think we should go for bad advice first this week as he said okay. it first i think that's the way we should go okay so we go barry barry we go we go with your first choice barry okay. yeah he's, he's happy with that he's getting his shoes on but i think he's struggling right. can't bend down that far okay <laughs> the the bad advice then so this is going back in time a bit to the early 1900s and we talked about these people before doctors sadler it's two of them lena and william sadler they wrote uh, together a book called The Mother and Her Child. And they, in part of the book, concentrated on children getting sick a lot, with headaches being a primary complaint. Now, obviously, they don't have things like Calpol back in the day. They probably had a lot of people who just said, oh, shut up, kids, just fucking deal with it. But for those people who weren't as harsh as that, the suggested remedy for head pains or migraines, any type of ache in your head, was a hot colonic flush. In their words, (laughs) the colonic flush should be taken at night, just before retiring, with the temperature of water as hot as can be borne. Half of the water is allowed to flow into the colon and retained for as long as possible. This brings the heat in close contact with the sympathetic nervous system, whose headquarters is in the abdomen. So basically, their advice was, if your kid has a headache, boil the kettle, pour it directly <laughs> through a funnel into your child's ass, hmm. and that'll take the mind off the headache. Yeah. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. Now, <laughs> it will. One, one bit of advice for you, Benny, is when you have to bath your child to make sure that the water is the right temperature, you need to put your elbow in the water and if it basically you can't feel it it's like body temperature that's fine it's not too hot it's not too Mm. cold now going back to your like perineal massage (laughs) you're getting right in there with the elbow the only way i can think of to judge how hot the water is is to do that right up the child's rectum i don't know maybe you do it before you pour the water in that that is an option i suppose pour in like pot noodle water that hot into your child's (laughs) bum hole Cures a headache. 
So if you've Fuck run yeah, out pot noodle water, if you've so run hot. out of cowpole, just do that. It's fine. Just get the pot noodle out of the cupboard. Stir it up, eat the noodles, pour the soup in. It'll be fine. To be fair, once kids find out this is a headache remedy, you'll never have headaches in your house ever again, will <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, it'll never happen never ever again. About it. Yeah, they never be- complain about it. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Until got- at least like they ring Chadline and complain <laughs> that way. <laughs> I've got um, two points to make. First point, the first. We bought a little bath thermometer to go in our little bath, which is the shape of a hippo, and the alarm goes off whether it's too hot or too cold. So, I, I will also oh, use nice. the elbow test, but we're sorted there. And uh, the second part is going back to the perineal massage because you know it is the the high point of my week so far. <laughs> um, I bet it is also the low point. <laughs> After. <laughs> Or the midpoint. <laughs> uh, I, I meant to mention this earlier, but I forgot, and Blossom would be very mad at me if I didn't mention it, because it is the funniest thing she's done in a long time. After about three minutes in, she started singing Unchained Melody to me, just because uh, she said, this reminds me of Ghost. <laughs> and I had to stop. It, it, I had to stop the massage briefly, because oh, she was being God. very unprofessional. But I said to her, That's, uh, that is one of the one of the funniest moments that she's had in the four years that we've been together. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> so not only oh, is uh, Blossom more of a lad than me, she is also funnier than me, which is amazing, but also upsetting. Well, if I ever have to go in for like a prostate exam, like go for a health check, <laughs> that's, that's going to come out now, along with probably something else. Have you... Okay, two very, very, very quick things, because I don't want to derail this here. Have either of you boys had a clonic before? No, no, not intentionally. <laughs> I, I once, while I was a kid, I sat on like a a, a water squirting thing, a, a swimming pool in like pontins or something, and then had to very quickly run to the toilet. <laughs> okay, okay, I've had one professional one and two that I've done myself on myself. <laughs> Why? Which I will. Oh, all right, I'll do it now quickly. Okay, the first time I had one, <clears throat> excuse me. As you boys know, and I don't know if other people know or not, but I eat incredibly healthy during the week. Saturday is my cheat day. I eat whatever I want. This was before before George was born, actually, so probably about ten years ago. I thought I'm actually gonna. I'm, I've got a week off work. I won't have a cheat day. I'll have a cheat week. I ate so much bad food. I didn't go to the toilet for four days, and I got to the point where I physically couldn't eat anything because I just felt full. I couldn't. There was no desire to eat food, so I had to go and get a colonic because I just felt. I felt horrible and I felt like really like lethargic and run down. And mm. like I said, I've not been to the toilet for four days, which <laughs> is not like me at all. So I went and got one done. The other two times were, I think I'd eaten something and it disagreed with me to the point where I was bunged up for two days. And I kind of panicked and thought, I don't want this to happen. What happened last <laughs> time? So I rang the place I went to the first time and said can I book in for a clonic irrigation and they said we can't fit you in until next week which was I think it was like four or five days away so I immediately as I fucking like I said I'm a slave to my whims I just think I'm going to do this so I just do it I got a you know the you know the Volvic bottles they've got the flip top they've got the flip top it's going to be like the sports cap where you can just (laughs) squirt it right off uh Yes, exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know this, yeah, the flip top with the sports cap. It's got like the little kind of nubbin bit on it. Yeah. So I read, I read what no. to do. So I, I boiled water. I had like, uh, I had soap ready to wash my hands. I had a bowl of soap, like a a bowl of water for my hands. I had a bowl of water for my rectum, and I lay in the bath, got in the froggy position upside down, and had to uh, and had to do the deal. And I would squeeze it in. And then go to the toilet, and then it all came out, and I had to flush myself out. And I did that again about six years later when we were on holiday, because there was a particularly <laughs> there was a particularly good buffet on that evening for desserts. <laughs> and I ate, I ate like five or six desserts, and it completely bugged me up. I'm such a fucking like my internal organs are so fucking soft. I couldn't like I just couldn't do it. And I um. Like, I hadn't drunk enough during the day and all that kind of thing. So, again, it, it just totally bunged me up. But this time, I was literally like, ah, no I'm problem. Pro at this. I know what to do. <laughs> Straight to the shop for that Volvic sports bottle. <laughs> and I just did it again. Oh, my God. We're yeah. never getting that Volvic sponsorship. <laughs> I think the important thing is, did it get rid of your headache? Yeah, I've not had one since. Exactly. It's, uh, it's, a, it's the miracle cure. <laughs> but, yeah, there you go. I literally, I've got tears. <laughs> 
I, I honestly thought when you said, right, the first one, I had to do it was a medical thing. But the second two, I, I literally thought you were going to say, that was just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So He is know, a slave to his going. whims after all. Exactly. I am indeed. You know. Anyway, okay. as we move right. on to fucking... Give us names. a shitty name. Okay, right. We've talked about this before, about baby names that aren't allowed by the government. Now, in 2018, the Department of Internal Affairs in New Zealand released a list of the baby names that they had officially declined. They don't have a law or rule that says this baby name is illegal, but they do have to fit into certain governmental guidelines to be accepted. So, in 2018, two of the names that they published were II and III. So, capitalize. Basically, the Roman numerals for two and three. Those parents had to look for alternate names for their kids. Now, whether or not that was the same child, different children, part of the same family, maybe the second and the third child in the family, I don't know. But those names don't compare to one unfortunate child from Australia. In a 2016 issue of a tabloid magazine over there called That's Life, so it's not like the chat or People magazine type stuff. A woman identified as Jessica Mavis from Queensland wrote, I've always loved the name Caitlin, but I just hated how popular it was. So when I found out I was having a girl, to get around this, my husband suggested we replace the eight with the Roman numeral symbol for eight. So poor Caitlin is K-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. Now... That was accepted, because it didn't have a number in it, it was just an unusual spelling, but it's pronounced Caitlin, or it could be Kvailin. <laughs> I don't know, that's the correct pronunciation. Now, the that's thing that's is, how Professor Frink would say it. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> despite the good intentions of mum going, this is an unusual spelling, my daughter is unique now, what she didn't realise is that in... Latin, so the old Roman language, uh, V-I-I-I wasn't pronounced eight, it was pronounced octo. So this poor kid is called Coctolin. <laughs> I think I had Coctolin when I first did my uh, my first colonic. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Okay, is K-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N, is that smart or is that really pretentious? I, I think I'm kind of I'm kind of 50-50. Yeah, he did. Well, no, he didn't really do a numeral, did he? He just did, like, oh, it's just some weird letters that I'm saying pronounce something else, even though they don't. Yeah. I can't decide if I like that or not. If I think, oh, yeah, that's a clever way around it, or if I think, oh, you're so fucking up yourself. Just, I can't Caitlin, decide. you got, got to think of the kid at school. That kid is going to get the shit ripped out of them because of their name. All her friends are going to call her Kavailin. Or cocktailing, <laughs> if they're particularly like, clever children, and they do their Latin. What about the poor teacher doing a register at school? Cavilin? Who's Cavilin? Who's Cavilin in my class? Yeah, it's me, Caitlin. It's pronounced. Yeah, you're right. It's not no, good. It it's, yeah, you're right. It's bad. It is bad. Yeah. It is bad. I want to applaud the. I want to applaud the attempt. I want to applaud the attempt. But yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's actually, not, just not that. When back when we found out that Blossom was pregnant and we came up with uh, a list of names that we were we did both did a list of names. Caitlin was on my list, and Blossom it yeah. was shot down quite quickly by Blossom. She didn't like it, but I said, "Oh, but that was um, that was Sven's favourite female wrestler. That's why I put it on there." <laughs> <laughs> what a way! What a way to pick it. Who am I named yeah. after, Daddy? Well, sit down, dear. I've got a long story to tell you. But my my dead friend's like wank bank wrestler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's why George was nearly called China. Oh, dear. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. That'll do for this week. Anything else, boys? Nothing from me other than to uh, remind everyone it's Easter soon. Stock up on eggs. Stock up on hot cross buns and Simnel cake because probably they'll have fireworks in the stall on Easter Sunday. So, <laughs> so it's your last chance to stock up on cream eggs now before it's Christmas in the shops. 
That's just right. qu- just quickly, just doing, the doing the job I do, people have been buying Easter eggs for the last month. There's no fucking way that they're lasting till Easter. They're getting snacked on on their cheat days. It's definitely, they're oh, definitely yeah. not lasting till April. There will be some, some parents out there who, uh, or just some adults, who will buy lots of Easter eggs because they've got like big families and they go through that tradition of like, ah, oh, or like my, my nephews and nieces get at least one egg from me. But I will also order a couple of galaxy ones for myself. I mean, it reminds me of, like, one Christmas when uh, Terry's Chocolate Oranges were on offer, and it was, like, three for a pound in Tesco. (gasps) So, uh, my ex, we bought two trays of chocolate (laughs) chocolate oranges, (laughs) and it was, like, 12 quid. That's an absolute bargain. We thought, everyone, this Christmas, gets fucking chocolate orange. (laughs) There were none left. By <laughs> Christmas, we had literally eaten two trays of chocolate oranges. I was going to say, yeah, you're thinking, we... oh, this will last us for ages now, <laughs> about three weeks. But no, I, I could not eat one ever again. <laughs> A sickening. <laughs> All right, there we go. There Thank we you, go. listen, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. On the on the chocolate orange debacle of 2020, <laughs> we'll, uh, on the back of that, we'll talk to you next week. Too late. Bye, everyone.